0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we are talking about what level of marital communication is way too fucking much and uh the reason i'm talking about this is because a lot of people a lot of couples seem to think that the more you communicate the better and um if if popular media is telling you this and if even psychologists are telling you this this is not right um uh, communication is all well and good but if you are communicating to excess that is more harmful than positive and we will discuss that in depth soon before um that though i will tell you to subscribe subscribe to me everywhere I'm on TikTok I'm on YouTube now that's just starting Um, but certainly subscribe to this podcast because I just had a great episode on male biology across the lifespan and that can help you understand your husband or if you are a man it can help you articulate some things to your wife and it also um, talks about the disparity between uh, male and female experiences with aging and why and it's interesting So uh, getting to the topic for today, so there's something called an emotional check-in and marital counselors will tell you to do it and I tell people to do it sometimes. It means that once a week for like 20 to 30 minutes you sit down and assess how your relationship is doing. That's a good amount of time. 20 to 30 minutes one time a week is a good amount of time. So now think about what you may have thought was a good amount of time. Now, if you're some people, you're like, shit, that sounds like a lot. Those people don't need to listen to this podcast. Um, Unless, of course, they are married to somebody who thinks that three to four hours a day is just the tip of the iceberg. And I joke a little bit, three to four hours a day. But there are many people that get embroiled in multi-hour arguments. And because these arguments are not the stuff that they grew up with, Because listen, you didn't learn to talk this much out of nowhere. So usually people who have the multi-hour discussions about their relationship grew up seeing multi-hour arguments about a relationship uh, with dishes being thrown or crying and recriminations and just terribleness. And so now if you don't do that level of volatility and chaos, you think that the multi-hour discussions are good. They're not. This is obsessional and it is focusing you on all the wrong things, just on the problems in the relationship. They're never going to get sussed out by obsessive perseveration. They're really not. And um, so so usually people saw this growing up. You're doing the same exact thing, except there's no plates being thrown. Sometimes people saw the exact thing. So they saw parents having multi-hour discussion arguments. You know, and I say discussion because that's what the adults say it is, but kids know it's an argument. And in the exact same way, so it's not any more or less dramatic It's literally exactly what you saw, and then every so often you have people that never saw their parents communicate at all, so then they don't have anything to base anything on. So they're like, Oh, I guess, like in a healthy relationship, unlike my parents, you do communicate for three hours a day about how you feel about each other and about any given argument. Do not do this. I mean, if you don't have kids, you want to do this shit, and you're never gonna have kids, then do it. I mean, you know, whatever floats your boat, however. Um, And I had a podcast about this. What level of marital conflict is too much um, in front of children? And the answer is uh, any, any real conflict, conflict, you know, conflict is, it's not what the examples are that people give. It's like deciding between Chinese and Italian or saying, ouch, you hurt me when you, um, you know, hit me by accident with that. Box, you know, oh, I'm sorry. That, that's not conflict resolution. The, the conflict resolution that your kids can see is like at that level. Like, oh, like you forgot to put my my water bottle in the car. And then the guy says, oh, well, I thought you were gonna get it. And then the woman says, oh, well, I thought you were gonna get it. Well, I'll just get it. Yeah, that's some conflict resolution for your kids to see. But if it goes like this, if it's like, uh, you said that you get my water bottle. I didn't say I was going to get your water bottle. Well, you said you would get my water bottle. You literally said it to me. I wish that I had my phone. I wish I had my phone to record you sometimes because you know how this is. I think this is your ADHD. Don't tell me about my ADHD, especially not in front of the children. I don't even know if I have ADHD. What I think is that you tell me so much stuff to do that I don't even remember any of it. Now, of course, I didn't use cursing. There's no yelling in this. But That's not a discussion. That's called an argument. And that's an argument that the children know is going to go on for like the entirety of the car ride whether you're driving across country or whether you're driving to your uh you know to dance class or whatever the hell you're doing. So these sorts of discussions and then some some people think that they are really cheating the system there because they stay so philosophical. If if it's in front of the kids or the children are in the house, assume every time they're in the house they could hear you. They can hear you if they come upstairs and they listen to your door or they look at you or whatever. And a lot of these people who are doing the discussion stuff, they don't even close the door because after all, it's a discussion. So it's done in public and then and it shouldn't be. And some people are doing... Um, Well, you know, the reason that I think that we don't get along on this and that topic, you kids don't need to hear that shit, why we don't get along on this and this topic. And this is the type and the tenor of the conversations that people have. Now, if you can do, so so let's say you say, all right, well, we don't do any of that in front of the kids. In front of the kids, we act nice and normal. And then after they go to sleep, that's when we have a three-hour discussion until one in the morning about the reasons based in each of our families of origin that we don't get along. Okay, good job. No, not good job. Who can stay up that late? I can barely stay up 9 9.30. You can't stay up that late as an adult and function the next day. You cannot be, like, what do you think is going to happen? How many times have you fallen into bed into each other's arms after a discussion about your husband's mother being a covert narcissist? How has this ever ended well? It doesn't end well. That's why I tell people, the discussion that we have in couples counseling, 45 minutes or 90 minutes once a week, or every other week that's good you want to do an emotional check-in one emotional check-in a week that's good you don't need to talk about your relationship besides that and if you're doing any fun stuff like fun and quotes like listening to my podcast together god bless you or you're taking a love language quiz you're doing some shit like that then okay do it one more time a week go for it unless you're actually talking for like don't know 20 to 30 minutes length of no emotional check-in let's say you could do it every day if it's positive if it's positive you could do it every day now what you can't do is fake that it's positive because like productive so like you telling your husband that his mother's a covert narcissist really is productive somehow is going to end up being positive so it's okay that that was a three fucking hour discussion and it was hardly the first time it's been brought up even this month that is not productive this is the people i tell get your asses into couples counseling what are you doing to your lives to your sleep to your peace of mind to your children that don't Go to sleep quite as early as you think and can still hear you talking. And then don't forget the ones that are talking in front of their kids because they can't stop themselves. And I'm not saying I have no empathy, I have lots of empathy. If you grew up in a house with constant conflict, you are going to be drawn to constant conflict. And if you moderate it into what you call a discussion or communication. Well then you are you're doing better than your parents. You know who still isn't doing well though? Your kids aren't doing well and you you and your spouse actually aren't doing well. You're just maybe not as crazy as your family of origin. Good? This is always good. Every generation needs to improve. But this constant perseveration on the same topics without getting a third opinion or a safe, neutral setting where maybe progress can actually be made because there's an objective party because neither of you are objective. Give me a break. I mean, who's the objective one? And the one who's saying, and this is just my example because it's so frequent, oh, your mother's a covert narcissist and that's why you don't know how to express emotion. My mother isn't a covert narcissist. What I think happened is that. You and your mother are pretty crazy. No, so this 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 is not helpful communication. It's also not, by the way, helpful communication if your husband has um, learned not to open his mouth, or your wife, in the alternate. But I don't see a lot of guys ranting and raving about psychology. Maybe that'll be in the new enlightened era. But um, guys rant and rave about other sorts of things. Uh, You could go back to my Men with Control Issues podcast. But uh, it's usually the women that are uh, starting the conversations about these psychological topics. And then even if your husband doesn't open his mouth up once, if it goes on for more than 20 to 30 minutes, it's too much. It really is too much. Now, there could be exceptions. Maybe you go out to date night and you decide that you really want to talk about how much you love each other oh, this is wonderful. You know what? Talk about how much you love each other. Save it. Wait till you get home and talk in front of the kids about how much you love each other. At least the, you know, the PG rated parts. But if it's anything but saying how grateful you are to one another, how much you appreciate each other, how much you love each other, don't do it. Now, listen, this is a very good test here. You know how Gottman, the marital researcher um, that you've probably heard of from my other podcast... He says that you need, I forget, it's either five or possibly even seven. In order to be healthy, it has to be five to seven. Let's even say five. Let's be conservative. Five positive remarks for every negative remark to maintain health in a relationship. So I tell you this. If you are going to have, (laughs) think about it because it's funny for many people that are embroiled in marital conflict, whether that is simmering low level or high level, if you're going to have even one conversation that's about why we don't uh, see eye to eye on this rooted in our individual families and yours being worse than mine or your untreated mental disorders that make you difficult for me and the kids to live with or whatever the fuck it is you gotta have five conversations in front of the kids about how much you appreciate each other how much you love each other and how grateful you are for one another. Now if you can do that then I give you your, your Um, your your complete permission to have your strange I really don't because it's bad for the children to hear it but but think about how silly it is if you kids never hear this shit like so so rarely will they hear like a 20 to 30 minute discussion where the parents are like no you know what I really like about you you know you are just so supportive you know what I know what I really like about you though is that you are just so intelligent please Maybe, maybe sometimes like the, like for couples that are in conflict, the mother will turn to the kids and be like, why don't you thank daddy for riding your bikes with you this afternoon? You know, he didn't work like he usually does. <laughs> Right? I mean, like, that's the level that we're talking about, about positive stuff. So if you want to do any negative stuff, your ass has to do five times as much positive stuff. If you did that alone, by the way, your marriage would improve. Like, not the one that I just made fun of, but wow, guys, you have such a great dad. Like, he rode bikes with you this afternoon. That's super fun. You're really lucky. I wish that I would have, you know, been able to ride bikes with my dad, but he didn't ride bikes because he was a fucking asshole. But you don't have to go into that part. But um, either way, the ways that you could tell your children that the other partner is making their life good and is, in fact, healing even some of your old wounds as a child. I mean, people never say this sort of shit. Like, deep stuff that their kids could actually learn from. You know, like, oh, mommy picked daddy because, like, he's so stable. He's so reliable, responsible. He's an admirable guy, real stand-up man. I grew up in a house that was very chaotic. There was, like, just, I really, it sometimes was, not even knowing what I would be able to afford to do. Sometimes our bills weren't paid. So your father, he is a man that I could never, I could never see anything bad happening to us. That would be the sort of thing that's a psychological-minded conversation, but it's positive. And people really often do not say things like that, but instead they will let the children overhear them saying things like, you know why I picked you? I think because I had really low self-esteem in college. Like, come on, Jesus Christ, stop, you know? And so... It, or they were the kids will be in bed and then the conversation will be just that. But it'll be like three hours of it. All the iterations of why your self-esteem was so low in college that you picked him. Come on. Do you really think this is useful? It isn't. So to the couples that recognize themselves even a little bit, even a hair in what I'm describing. Couples counseling can help you, it can give you a place to say all of your shit and then you delineate it. So this is the place where we say all these things to each other and the rest of the time we really focus on not perseverating on our marital dysfunction audibly and instead self-soothing in other mechanisms. And the reason I say with other mechanisms and the reason I say self-soothing is for many couples, it's become like a nervous tick, like they have to talk about the relationship. They feel a lot of pressure to dissect the relationship. They feel pressure to argue. They feel pressure to say that they're right. They feel pressure to point out what, what went wrong in the day and in their interaction. And they feel like as if they don't, then something bad will happen. They feel it, It's an anxiety. It really becomes this level of anxiety anxiety. anxiety when you are unable to verbally communicate. And you got to think about why. And if it's because you deeply feel that your needs are not going to get met, your needs aren't getting met now. They're not getting met now. And I have I've yet to ever see somebody who can, through myriad late-night brow-beating conversations, convince somebody to meet their needs. It just doesn't happen. If you even remotely recognize yourself in these descriptions, then it's probably time to start couples counseling. And, or if your partner won't go to start individual counseling, because there is something, some anxiety, some, some, um, fear that that it's happening that is allowing you to waste the one life that you get to suck it up with hours upon hours of negative conversation that you convince yourself will end up productive, but somehow it never does. And if it's even remotely ever in front of the children, you heard it here first that this is just plain out bad. The level of conflict resolution that we are talking about that is good for kids is really calm, really practical sorts of things. Even, even you know, I'll even give you like, you hurt my feelings when you didn't get my thing of cereal, my brand of cereal at the store. Oh, honey, I'm sorry. Like that, that that's like conflict resolution i'm i'm sorry honey i forgot it if it's like well maybe your ass should get up and go to the grocery store there is no benefit of your kids hearing it ever, 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 ever. You can ask any of us children that ever heard anything like this shit growing up, does it ever help you? It never does. It's not conflict resolution just because eventually both parties are too exhausted to continue fighting. That is not conflict resolution. Conflict resolution is, you hurt my feelings. Oh, well, sorry, honey, I didn't mean to. That's the kind of conflict resolution you could do in front of your kids. Okay, so hopefully this resonated. Hopefully somebody somewhere out in the ether will start marital counseling because they uncomfortably recognize that this hit a little close to home and then my work is done and I'll talk to y'all soon bye-bye